0: Well, Canopy, what a delight to be back with you. So much has happened since Meryl and I spent a few months with you, um, I'm guessing about five years ago, when uh, you were beginning to discover this great adventure called church planting. And now, all these years later, you are in a multiple and most empowering moment of your story. The first chapter was probably at Jason and Wendy's house, one that we loved and enjoyed very much uh, the relationship building the the depths of discovery and exploring what could church and church planting look like and then probably the second chapter was when you all went into multiple houses multiple house churches experimenting with the idea of meeting together in a big place and my guess is now you're in the third chapter of the story josh and heather have joined you and now the rigdons have joined you What a curious chapter. In the midst of this chapter, COVID hits and COVID hits hard. And um, just please be aware of the love that Meryl and I have. For those of you we know for sure. But then the journey that we've had the privilege of enjoying with Todd and Lisa, of course, and the crew and Josh, Heather, and the others that are being added to the story. I feel very honored to be asked to speak to you at such a pivotal moment in the church, local and global. I um, am watching for the little God imprints. God never authored this for sure. I think we all know that. But that God is in it. God is invested in it. God is using it like a kind of a divine architect. Looking at the rocky outcrops and um, the, the, the hard clay soil and saying, what kind of house can I build on this terra firma? Or you could say he's the songwriter that has these moments of emotion and thoughts and narrative and then he's collaging them together into a beautiful song uh, that will be on our lips and tunes that we will be humming in even in our subconscious moments. The idea of finding freedom in the wilderness is a brilliant theme for this time. And I wanna take you to Romans. Uh, I wanna take you to the ninth chapter and I want to rework a section if you don't mind and give me a little bit of permission but i'll pick up in romans chapter 9 and verse 14 what then shall we say is god unjust not at all for he says to moses i will have mercy on whom i have mercy and i will have compassion on whom i have compassion isn't that such a beautiful reminder of this god in the midst of the chaos and the confusion and the uncontrollability of the of the COVID crisis Whether you're touched by it medically, physically, economically, socially, whether you're living in the uncertainty of a future, of retirement, or a new job, God reveals Himself in this epoch, in this moment. He says, I am a God of compassion. I am a God of mercy. Carrying on. It does not therefore depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy oh grace at every turn oh the wondrous sense of god's undeserved mercy that he extends towards us even in these times of chaos and catastrophe for the scripture says to pharaoh i raised you up for this very purpose that i might display my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth therefore god has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy, and he hardens whom he wants to harden. Now, the context of chapter 9 in Romans is a theological conundrum. It's not an easy passage. And I want to use a little bit of width, because God says something about Pharaoh, which is, as we know, written into that whole Exodus narrative very powerfully. But I think into those ideas we can make application for ourselves in our wilderness and here are my thoughts firstly he says the scripture does that i raised you up there is something remarkable about the intimacy and the personal nature of sovereign god we're not just a number we're not just the mass of humanity 7.3 billion people on the planet we're not just one of 400 thousands hundreds of thousands here in the u.s no no god knows us by name and by circumstance and by narrative and by story and, and and he says i will raise you up like i would say to one of my three kids i will raise you up my eldest daughter got married at 18 beautiful wedding uh just a very tender moment for me because i never imagined that i would um, lead my daughter down the aisle so young but we walked I walked her down the aisle to Josh Groban's, you lift me up. And it was this moment, it said someone, where more men cried than women as Nass and I walked down the aisle. This is a sacred moment. This is God saying, you see, Canopy, I've raised you up. You see individuals, Jason and Josh and Harrison and Mike and Jess, I've raised you up. It's personal, it's intimate, and it's essential. I've raised you up for this very purpose do you think god was caught of guard by the pandemic do you think god was somehow disorientated and he looked at jesus one day and the angels and, and he said oh, why didn't someone tell me there was going to be a pandemic of kind of hundred year uh, proportions rather than the great shalom the great peace which surpasses all understanding the father looked across the planet looked across orange county looked across costa mesa and newport and he said taylor I've raised you up for this purpose. Each one of us, Aaron, I've raised you up for this purpose. I think one of the most powerful moments for us in our own devotion and reflection is God, what is your purpose for my life at this time? What is that one thing, Paul writes to the Philippians, this one thing to which you are to apply yourself? Meryl, Uh, some of you know my wife is a marriage and family therapist and she is just their clients are lined up and a waiting list of people wanting to see her it's so clear for her that God has raised her up for this very purpose to help the brokenhearted be made whole to help those who are captive to be set free and to bring a sense of clarity into people's chaos during this time of uncertainty what is your purpose Mine, amongst others, is to bring encouragement and and strengthening to young church planters. And Josh, you're young, just sidebar. That's part of what I am to do, being raised up for this very purpose. But then he goes on to say that I might display my power in you. You know, things, pivotal things, essential things, difficult things, like Black Lives Matter, like the pandemic and masks and the political nuances. It doesn't say that I've raised you up for this purpose, that that's what the church will be known for. Yes, we are known for justice and equality, of course. And we're known for health and wholeness, of course. But what God says here is so that my power may be displayed in you, key moments where the glorious sense of the supernatural, eternal, cosmic God breaks in on the temporal down here through us, where we lay hands on the sick and they recover. I don't quite know how to do it at six feet, but that's another story. Where we pray for people, where we minister to people, where we trust God and we see supernatural provision. I mean, there are stories that I could tell if time allowed of things that God is doing in different parts of the world. At this time, sovereign things, powerful things, generous things, provision, financial provision in dark hours, because it's in this time, under the time of the wilderness, we know that God reveals Himself in power through us. It's not only through academic process and emotional passion, but it's the supernatural God choosing to reveal Himself. Through me, My son is at Point Loma, and uh, I said to him during all this time, I said, my boy, Dad's actually run out of money, and he's, this is his final year. He's a senior. And I just said to him, now you know, we can go and get a loan, or we can trust God. And I said, why don't we trust God first? Why don't we see if God can sovereignly and supernaturally provide? And he said, okay, Dad, okay, okay. I don't think it was two weeks later, we got a letter in the mail from someone who sent us um, a, a significant amount of money for my son's education. I opened the check, read the letter, showed him the money, and he just stood there gobsmacked. Really? Yep, really. It's God who chooses to reveal his power through us at this time. What a great faith moment this is. Carrying on through the text, and it says that my name might be proclaimed. Now... The gospel is still our central message. Jesus, the magnificent one, the redeemer, the expiator, the justifier, the restorer, the reconciler is still our primary message. Our primary message is not community or social justice or prosperity or health and wholeness. They are secondary. They are subservient to the precious name of Jesus that we proclaim with all confidence that it is he who changes lives. I had such a horrible moment in our little neighborhood of 14 houses when the when COVID hit I said to Meryl I must make people know that I'm, I'm a pastor and generally aren't God-fearers here and I said to her, I want to get the word out if any of them want prayer or just me to come and do a patio moment with them I will happily do that I didn't and it's something I regret It's such a sweet moment to take the name of Jesus into our neighbors. It's a Jewish gentleman next to us with his Russian wife. And there's an Hawaiian Chinese two sisters who live over there. And there's a lady across the road who's a Scientologist. I mean, it's a moment pregnant with prophetic proclamation. And I missed it. But there are many more. And this is a moment whereby we can be captivated and held captive to the proclamation privilege. Jesus, front and center, our great redeemer, the hymn writer said, our great justifier and reconciler, and we can proclaim him and see lives touched and people transformed. And then lastly, and certainly not least, he says, in all the earth. You know, ladies and gentlemen, this is a moment not to forget That the pandemic is not just affecting me, my family, my home, even my church. We've got a great little community. I love her two bits. I really do. She's beautiful, young, mostly millennials. They drive me crazy sometimes, but I love them like crazy. But it's so easy to be stuck at the rock face of the now here. But the text doesn't give us that privilege the text reminds us even in the wilderness the name of jesus is to be proclaimed into all the earth when the beirut explosion happened i got hold of a friend in lebanon in beirut chadi and his building had just been blown up friends sent money instantly we work with church planters in the villages in india and the recent storms the floods just wiped away large sectors of villages See, God is compassionate and full of mercy for them also. And somehow we err and something dies inside of us, I suspect, when here now is our subconscious mantra. All that matters is here now. But this passage in the wilderness says that his name will be proclaimed in all the earth. Mission is one of the great gifts. It brings spice and adventure to our stumbling communities. And it is when we open our hearts and open our wallets and open our availability to a global gospel and let this gospel leak into the nations of the world that God does extraordinary things. I met an amazing woman, Marilyn. and I did, in Istanbul in January just before COVID. Sarah Jump is her name. Her and her husband head up an organization called Live, Die, Silk Road. Now, if you lead an organization called Live Die, which means I don't care whether I live or die, but I'm going to take the gospel somewhere, you must know they are pretty radical. It was about 11 o'clock on a Sunday night. We sat in the hotel in Istanbul and she told us a story and we were mesmerized by it. COVID hit and the, the, the walls shut down and her husband was in Kyrgyzstan and she was in Istanbul, Turkey. And I think they spent just over 200 days apart from each other. And I spoke to both of them repeatedly and it was for the sake of the gospel. It was hard, it was difficult, but it was necessary. The believers in Turkey needed her, the believers in Kyrgyzstan needed him. Isn't that an adventure worth living and a reason to die for? Ladies and gentlemen, COVID is not to simply allow ourselves to be refreshed by his compassion and mercy. It also reminds us that there is a global stage to which we can give ourselves and an adventure that we can hand on to our children and our children's children. Father, I thank you for this incredible community. I thank you for the precious sons and daughters, boys and girls, men and women, who have tasted the beauty of who Jesus is. I thank you, Father God, for your purposes in the community. I thank you, Jesus, for your redemption through the community. And I thank you, Holy Spirit for the power that you have already demonstrated through them. What a great time for Jesus to be revealed through us. Jars of clay, chipped glass of clay, but jars of clay nevertheless. God bless you all. It's been such a privilege and a joy to be able to speak with you. We'll see you soon. God bless you.